Yes, indeed. That's the name of our show. One final time on KCU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM in the blue box and streaming wherever you find your podcast. My name is Garrett Jones talking a little sports history, the weirdest and wackiest. This is the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. And in case you haven't heard, Missouri and its campus is closing its doors for the remainder of the semester. Classes will be online. And indeed, in case you haven't seen a reminder on social media, KCU Sports will be canceling all broadcasts here from the semester onward. We should be back for the fall of 2020, but from here on out, from the rest of the semester, KCU Sports has ceased operation just for now, a temporary measure responding to the coronavirus outbreak. And no matter who you are, no matter where you're listening, I hope and pray that you and your family are safe and healthy during this time. This has obviously had a profound impact on the sporting world, and that's what I want to start the show off with. But we're not going to stay grim and bleak the entire time. We're going to evaluate one of the weirdest and wackiest measures in the entire history of the sporting universe. This is a segment that has been long requested by this show's number one supporter, and that is 10 Cent Beer Night. It's something I was saving for one of the final shows if it would have gone by normalcy and fulfilled the entire semester. I was planning on doing this when baseball season rolled around, but in case you don't know, it's been delayed two weeks, so we're going to jump right into it today. And then for the final segment today, I'm going to give my farewell to KCOU, a station that has supported me for so long that it's been a fantastic opportunity for myself and so many other people. I'm ready, and I've written a tribute to say goodbye to the station, and this being my last on-air segment here on this wonderful student radio station on the campus of the University of Missouri. As I mentioned, so many stories breaking this week all throughout the world. The World Health Organization declaring the coronavirus COVID-19 outbreak as a world health emergency and a pandemic. The President of the United States yesterday declaring a state of emergency. The state of Missouri and Governor Mike Parson declaring a state of emergency as well. This is truly one of the most transcendent stories of our lifetime, and sports were just not immune. We'll go ahead and break it all back, and Wednesday night was the night where sports truly changed. On Wednesday night, the Utah Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder were set to tip on what was a pretty nondescript average regular season NBA basketball game at Chesapeake Energy Arena in Oklahoma City. Fans were gathered. Players were ready. Warmers were commenced. The scorers were at the table. And the Jazz and the Thunder were ready to tip off. Until shortly after, players retreated to the locker rooms after the officials gathered at the scorers' table. And unfortunately, the PA announcer had to make an announcement in Oklahoma City that the game had actually been canceled. Give you a little more background prior to this this afternoon, that Wednesday afternoon, Utah and All-Star Center Rudy Gobert had held a press conference discussing the implications of the coronavirus as it really started to take off. Indeed, Wednesday was when Mizzou in the afternoon announced that it was going to move to online classes for at least a week and a half through spring break. That seems like it was really when it started to take off. The stock market took a huge step back on Monday. Tuesday, everything was in disarray. And then Wednesday was when things really started to sink in that the coronavirus had arrived in America and sports were surely going to be affected. So Gobert holds the media, holds the media conference, I should say, as a result and in response. And he carelessly decides to mock the situation by picking up several reporters' microphones and mock coughing into them and touching every single one of them. You can see reactions from reporters. It's not a pretty sight. He since apologized, 
But we also learned that he went back to the Jazz locker room and carelessly engaged in similar actions with his teammates around. And as a result, only one of his teammates, it's a miracle that it's kept this low. Donovan Mitchell, a fellow NBA All-Star in his own right, has also tested positive for coronavirus. Gobert was tested the same day and was found out to have a coronavirus. Doctors came and made the announcement right before the game tipped off, and that's why the game had to be suspended on Tuesday night. That sent a shockwave around the NBA, and truly, watching the Dallas Mavericks versus the Denver Nuggets, a game that was nationally televised on ESPN, and seeing the NBA come down after reporter Adrian Wojnarowski broke the news that it had declared a state of emergency and had decided to suspend the regular season indefinitely. Truly one of the most eerie moments I've ever seen watching a sporting event was seeing the reaction of Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. He was told by one of his advisors by showing him a tweet that the league had indeed been suspended. But on Wednesday night, sports stood still. The NHL soon followed, deciding to suspend its regular season on Thursday morning. And after a slew of conference tournaments were ditched, on Thursday morning, including the SEC, which indeed KCU had reporters in Nashville ready to cover Missouri at the NCAA tournament. Fortunately, they're home safe. The NCAA actually decided to pull the plug and outright cancel both men's and women's college tournaments. March Madness indeed was next to go. Several other leagues followed suit and by Thursday night, really the last remaining sports that had yet to cancel were NASCAR, IndyCar, and the PGA Tour. Eventually, the PGA Tour was the first to come around. They decided to suspend all courses for the months of March with the Masters still clinging to a thread, but on Thursday morning, indeed, it was dispatched. Friday morning, I should say. The Masters tournament hasn't been outright canceled. It has been suspended. NASCAR decided to hold initially its race without fans at Atlanta this weekend, but after the president declared a national state of emergency, it decided to also cancel its events for this weekend. The MLB decided to push back its regular season two weeks, at least halfway through April. First pitch was scheduled for next weekend. That's super hard to believe. Soccer leagues all across the world, including Juventus and Serie A, who had a player who was infected, have canceled their seasons as well. It sends a shockwave through the sports community, but it's nothing that we can't live without. Indeed, in this time where, as a society, we have to come together to sacrifice for the greater good, sports is just one of those things that has to be on the chopping block. It's going to be tough for sports fans like myself to find some kind of entertainment, but really, at this time where so many lives are at risk, the lives of others, especially those who are elderly and youthful, we have to come together and realize that sacrificing sports is okay. Actions like Rudy Gobert's and the Utah Jazz on Wednesday night are downright unacceptable, and instead of overreacting, we shouldn't underreact either. We should take this as seriously as the World Health Organizations, our government, and the sporting leagues by cancellation have told us as this is as serious as it is. This is the time to band together. This is the time to evaluate sports for what they are. And while it does stink to see them go, and I will miss them dearly, it was clearly the right decision. I'm very thankful for the way that our staff has coordinated here at KCU Sports. Our executive staff has been extremely supportive 
in our decision at the sports department, but we actually decided on Wednesday night to outright cancel every broadcast for the remainder of the season. That was a tough one, especially since myself and six other seniors completely lost all access to sporting assignments, but it indeed was the right decision. And in this time where we're going to be scrambling for entertainment, scramble to serve one another. This is a great opportunity to serve those who are sick, offer to be there practically, and join together in a time where our world seems more divided than ever. If you're like me, you believe that this was never really in our control anyway. But the coronavirus has given us a great opportunity to take a step back, evaluate things for as they're received, and remember that in the grand scheme of things, while sports are amazing, they're not exactly the most important thing in our society. That's the first segment, the latest on coronavirus in sports, in my personal opinion, on where they play in our society. We're going to take a quick break here on one of these nights, and when we come back, we're going to dive and make you feel a little better, hopefully some good distraction in such a crazy time in our world. We're going to evaluate 10-cent beer night. I'll tell you the background, how it started, and what became on one of these nights. This is KCOU 88.1 FM. I'm Logan Franz. And I'm Patrick Herring. Join us each Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on Mid-Missouri's hottest sports show, The Hot Corner, where we discuss all the latest sports stories in football, baseball, hockey, and more. He then proceeded to bring his dogs back to his cabin, where he then proceeded to pull out of the race. Not because of the health of his dogs, just because they just didn't want to do anything. Listen to us each and every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. You're really trying to be right. I'm just trying to throw numbers at the wall and hope they stick. You're seeing the guy who picked the loser's score right two weeks in a wall. Yeah. Where are they going to find an elephant, Patrick? (laughs) Effort. Yeah, like, I don't think there are just elephants roaming around Florida on a regular basis. Would it surprise you if there were elephants in Florida? I mean, I've been to Florida. It doesn't seem like a great place for elephants. KCOU would like to remind you that Missouri Tiger football and basketball are brought to you by El Rancho. Catch every Mizzou football game and Mizzou men's basketball game on KCOU 88.1 FM and on KCOU.FM. While you are online, check out El Rancho's website at www.columbiamomexicanfood.com or visit them downtown at 1014 East Broadway. Thank you, El Rancho, for supporting KCOU Sports. Welcome back, KCU 88.1 FM, and the last edition of one of these nights. In case you haven't heard earlier in the show, we as KCU Sports and KCU 88.1 FM have decided to suspend all broadcasts for the entirety of time that Mizzou is not holding in-person classes. So this will indeed be the last program on that you hear for a while on our sports department airwaves. And I feel honored to be with you this afternoon. And in the words of Paul McCartney, let you let it be for just a little while. One of the best stories in sports that I promise you I have not put on the back burner, I should say, is that of Tencent Beer Night. And as I mentioned a little earlier, I was planning to get to this at one point, but I was waiting on baseball season. 
But now that there's not going to be a baseball season for a while, and in case you're curious, the NBA has come out and said that the earliest that it could resume play is April 11th. The NHL canceled the day after the NHL, so they would be April 12th. And the MLB is kind of right around that time frame. So if you're a sports fan looking for a light at the end of the tunnel, shoot for mid-April. Obviously, we don't know the nature of this disease yet, so we don't know exactly the course that it's going to chart. But if you're looking for a date on the calendar, circle it April 15th, around then, and take it from there. Because sports very well could be backing up and running then. Leagues in China, especially basketball associations, who have seen a number of infected cases go down, they're actually starting to get things together to resume play. Uh, they've told American stars that they need to return and fulfill the obligations of their contracts, but they have 14 days left to be quarantined. So that is kind of a relative time frame. China canceled this basketball season. Several Chinese leagues canceled their basketball seasons on February 1st. We sit here today at about March 14th. So if that gives you any kind of idea of a timetable when sports might resume, thinking maybe late April, early May. Um, and as I mentioned in the first segment of this show, it's a worthy sacrifice for the good and well-being of our society. Speaking of society, it went off the rails in this event that I'm about to describe for you. January, June 4th, I should say, 1974, and major plug to this page's Wikipedia spot, a game against the Cleveland Indians and the Texas Rangers at Cleveland Stadium will forever live in infamy. The Indians were a really bad team. They were desperate to draw fans, and their marketing department had to get creative. And then we saw the Frankenstein monster as a result. That was 10-cent beer night. June 4th, 1974, the date of this game. The idea of the promotion was to attract more fans to the game by offering 12 fluid ounces of beer, 3.2% alcohol by volume for just 10 cents each. And if you haven't heard this story before, you can kind of get an idea of where it's going to go. That was a huge discount at the time, even then in 1974, of its regular price of 65 cents offered at the stadium. There was supposed to be a limit of six beers per purchase with no limit on purchases made during this game on June 4th, 1974. The Indians actually have had several promotions like this without incident, starting with Nickel Beer Day in 1971. However, a bench-clearing brawl between the teams meeting and Arlington Stadium a week earlier would certainly complicate things. A little background, in this game at Arlington Stadium, the trouble really got going in the bottom of the fourth. That was when the Rangers, now current TV broadcaster and all-time great guy, Tom Grieve, took a walk. Lenny Randall followed him up with a single, and then the next Rangers batter hit a double play ball to Indians third baseman Jim Lowenstein. He stepped on third base and actually tagged Grieve and threw the ball to second, but Randall of the Rangers actually disrupted the play with a hard slide into second. That really threw things for a loop. The Indians retaliated in the bottom of the eighth when pitcher Milt Wilcox threw behind Randall's legs in his next plate appearance. He eventually laid down a bunt, but when Wilcox attempted to field it and tag Randall, Randall hit his forearm, not unlike Alex Rodriguez in the 2003 ALDS versus Boston. Indians first baseman John Ellis responded by punching Randall, and both of the benches emptied for a brawl. Keep in mind, this was the week before this infamous night. 
They were struck by food and beer hurled by Rangers fans and catcher Dave Duncan had to be restrained from going into the stands to brawl with fans. Now, after the game, a Cleveland reporter asked Rangers manager Billy Martin, are you going to take your armor to Cleveland? He replied, no, they won't have enough fans there to worry about. And during the week, several teams ahead of this meeting, especially sports talk shows, really started to stoke the fire. Cleveland sports talk radio host Pete Franklin and Indians radio announcer Joe Talt made comments that fueled the fans' animosity towards the Rangers, calling teams and players to flock to Cleveland Stadium and take the Indians up on this strange promotion. Now, in addition, the Plains dealer in Cleveland printed a cartoon the day of the game showing Chief Wahoo, the Indians' mascot that's up for debate, with a pair of boxing gloves in the caption, Be ready for anything. So in case you're not following, a storm's a brewing ahead of 10 cent beer night. That's everything that led up to the huge conflict at Cleveland Stadium on June 4th, 1974. Coming up, I'll tell you how it came to a head. This is one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. We'll take a quick break. Tuesday. Lou, you order those shirts? Nah, just gonna have my wife make some. Sit down. Shut your mouth. Y'all gonna look like a bunch of suckers. Hey, who's this guy? They call me T-Shirt. Shirt. Unless you get your threads from Digit Graphics. Whether it's for your work, your team, or your charity, Digit Graphics will have you looking good. Would we look as cool as you? Not a chance in hell, but you will dig it. Check out DigitGraphics.com. Don't just wear it. Dig it. Shirts. KCOU would like to shout out East Side Tavern. It's the bar that's bizarre. Downtown Columbia's best karaoke comedy club. With a huge selection of drinks and activities and themed nights every week, East Side is a solid place to hang out. KCOU shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. I'll say it again in case you missed it. KCOU t-shirts are now on sale at Mod Vintage in downtown Columbia. All right, one more time. Just wanted to make sure you heard. Turn up the volume on your radios for a quick second. KCOU t-shirts now on sale at Mod Vintage. So why are you still listening to the radio? You should be going to... Wait, actually, no. Keep, keep listening. But also, the t-shirts are pretty cool. I, I think you should get them. We good? Right. Back, KCU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM in the blue box, and streaming anywhere you get your podcasts. My name is Garrett Jones, talking a little sports history for the last time here on the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. It's a privilege to have you with us. Hope to provide some distraction amid a turbulent time in America. But as the words of Fleetwood Mac say, don't stop. Carry on. Live your lives with respect of the situation that's going on right now, but make sure that you tend to the needs of others and realize that in this time where everyone might have to tend to be a little more individualistic, we should take a step back 
and try to evaluate the needs of others for the good of our society. Talking about Tencent Beer Night, and this is something that on this show designed to talk sports history, the weirdest and wackiest as it's billed. I wanted to get to this a long time ago. However, I wanted to save it for baseball season and do an entire episode on it. Unfortunately, in case you weren't aware, the MLB season has been suspended for at least two weeks, so we had to get to it now. As I already outlined, there was already some animosity between Cleveland and Texas. Texas manager Billy Martin, the Cleveland sports radio scene, and everybody else in the city in Northeast Ohio. And wouldn't you have it, the Rangers came to Cleveland the very next week on a night where the Indians, desperate for attendance and their marketing scheme, hatched up the, the ploy for 10-cent beer night. Now, the Indians marketing team really pushed this hard. I already mentioned how several pundits in the Cleveland sports radio scene really pushed their fans to respond, and that they did. 25,000-plus attended this Tuesday night game, which seems rather meager in 2020 standards, but that was really big for Cleveland Stadium in 1974. That was more than twice the number than was originally expected by the Indian staff. Now, neither one of these teams were very good, but the Rangers quickly jumped out to a 5-1 to lead. Throughout the game, the inebriated crowd, keep in mind that these fans have been drinking for hours before, it continued to grow more and more unruly. Early in the game, Cleveland's Leon Lee hit a line drive right into the stomach of legendary Rangers pitcher Ferguson Jenkins, which actually sent him to the ground. It was a very scary situation. Fans in the upper deck jeered and then chanted, hit him again, hit him again, harder, harder. Several fans ran onto the field at this time and streaked, including a father-son duo that decided to moon the crowd. Just a special day at the ballpark, indeed. As the game progressed on June 4th, 1974, more fans piled onto the field and caused repeated problems. And Rangers first baseman Mike Hargrove was really the first one to take exception. He was pelted with hot dogs and spat upon. And at one point, he was nearly struck by an empty gallon jug of Thunderbird. I'm sorry, I don't even know what Thunderbird is. I might be dating myself a little bit here, but that's exactly what happened as according to history. And again, a huge shout out to the Wikipedia page for 10 cent beer night, which helped me a lot with my research here. Later on in the game, the Rangers still were up five to one. They argued a call in which Lee was called safe on a close play at third base, spiking Jenkins with his cleats in the process. And Fergie Jenkins actually had to leave the game. The Rangers angry response to this enraged Cleveland fans who began throwing objects onto the field. Someone supposedly lit firecrackers and tossed them into the Rangers' bullpen. And this game was three outs away from being over. It was already a disaster. The Rangers were going to walk off with a nice road win. You need to pile them up in the MLB in a front-loaded schedule. But the Indians, in just a chaotic night, might as well keep it more chaotic. They rallied for five runs to tie the game. Rusty Torres was on second base representing the potential game-winning run. However, the crowd had already been drinking heavily for nine innings, and the situation really finally came to a head. So keep in mind, the Rangers jump out to a 5-1 to lead on 10-cent beer night. The Indians rally back in the bottom of the night despite all this animosity brewing, and it finally came to a powder keg. 
The Indians tied the game, and then a 19-year-old fan named Terry Yurkich ran onto the field and attempted to steal Texas outfielder's Jeff Burrow's cap. Now, this is where the situation really started to fall apart. Jeff Burrows confronted the fan and then tripped. Several fans thought that Burrows had been attacked, and Texas manager Billy Martin charged onto the field with his players right behind him. Some took bats to defend their manager. At this point, it was helter-skelter. A large number of intoxicated fans, some even armed with knives, chains, and clubs, fashioned from portions of the stadium the seats that they had torn apart, they spilled onto the field, and others hurled bottles from the stands. It's estimated there were 200 fans on the field surrounded by the 25 Rangers, with more coming. Many realized that the Rangers' lives were in danger, including Cleveland manager Ken Aspromonte. He ordered his players to grab bats and defend the Rangers. They actually ended up attacking their own fans in this process. Riders began throwing steel folding chairs, and Cleveland re- relief pitcher Tom Hilgendorf was hit in the head by one of them. Ken Hargrove, the one who was hit by the hot dogs earlier in the game, after subduing one rider in a fist fight, had to fight off another on the way back to the dugout. The two teams retreated off the field and into the dugouts in groups with players protecting each other. The teams fled into the clubhouses and closed the locked doors. The crowd pulled up and stole the bases and anything else they could find on the field at Cleveland Stadium. Riders threw a vast array of objects, including cups, rocks, bottles, batteries from radios, hot dogs, popcorn containers, and more folding chairs. Umpire crew chief Nestor Chilak, realizing that order would not be restored in timely fashion, forfeited the game to Texas. So keep that in mind. Lost in history, the Rangers were up 5-1. to one, And as a fan of this team, I can tell you something that they're very apt to do is blow leads in big situations. That's exactly what happens here. But they got away with it, and they were awarded the win. He, too, was a victim. Chilak was the Rioters. One struck and cut his head with a pair of a stadium seat, and his hand was cut by a thrown rock. He called the fans uncontrollable beast and stated that he'd never seen anything what happened except in a zoo postgame. The rioting continued on for 20 minutes as Joe Talt, the Indians radio announcer, and Herb Score called the riot live on radio. Score mentioned that the security guard's inability to, call, to handle the crowd was a big problem. Talt said this was an absolute tragedy and the Cleveland Police Department finally arrived on the scene to restore their order about 30 minutes after it started. Only nine fans were arrested and Indians players escorted the Rangers to the team bus. Cleveland General, General Manager Phil Sagi blamed the umpires for losing control of the situation. The Sporting News and National Publication later wrote that Sagi's perspective might have been different if he had been in Silac's shoes in the midst of knife-wielding, bottle-throwing, chair-tossing, and fist-swinging drunks. American League President Lee McPhail commented, there was no question that Beard played a part in the riot. You don't say, Mr. McPhail. Despite all this, all the chaos, the Rangers walking away with the win, nine arrests, countless fans spilling on the field in Cleveland Stadium, it actually ended up being a pretty good night for them. The Indians made a lot of money, so they decided to do it again. July 18th, which attracted 41,000 fans, almost double what they drew in the original 10-cent beer night. They sold them for 10 cents a cup, but the difference was only two cups per person were allowed at the reduced price. And wouldn't you know it, that was enough to settle the chaos. 
10 Cent Beer Night. What a story it was. I'm really glad I got to share that story with you. One of the darkest moments in baseball history. But now that we're a far distance from it, it's fun to look back on and laugh. And I just hope that everybody's okay. Fortunately, there were no deaths reported as a result of the riot. Just mass chaos ensuing at Cleveland Stadium on June 4th, 1972. What a story that is. And I don't think, given the situation, that this current landscape is unlike that. I think that one day, with all this chaos in order, the sun will rise and everything will be back in order in the United States. You can't say that with certainty. There's a lot that has to change. But we can hold steadfast to the truth that this is going to end up okay and that we can trust and a lot of things going right for us. We're going to take a break and rejoin you on the other side of it with my final segment at KCU 88.1 FM. I pinned a letter to the sports staff, to the listeners, to our repeated audience, and I'd like to share that with you on KCU 88.1 FM, the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Kyle Jones. And so then he said, all right, well, I can't wear my helmet. I'm not playing. Chance Stickland. I think the Bama every single year is the best college football team. And Cole Toosie. If Trubisky can get it done, the Bears will win a Super Bowl. He's the key. Tune in every Thursday morning from 11 to noon, only on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM, or on the TuneIn app. You don't want to miss it. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. One of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. Join host Garrett Jones to talk the weirdest and wackiest in all four professional sports. I'm on from Sunday nights from 5 to 6 on KCU 88.1 FM. And if you ever miss a show, catch it wherever you enjoy podcasts. It's one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. This is one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. My name is Garrett Jones. I'm the sports director here at KCOU, and I've thoroughly enjoyed putting the show together for you this year. I thank you so much to our regular listening audience and those who might be listening to this in post-production. It's been an honor and really just a great opportunity to learn and grow to be the sports director at this station. And part of that is just coming on air and doing shows like this. It's hard to say goodbye, but I put together something that I'd like to share with you that I plan on sharing with our department and on our website at kcu.fm. As I say goodbye to KCU, I'd like everyone to hear this. Dear KCU family, friends, listeners, and staff, 
By now, you're all aware of the impact of the coronavirus outbreak on the University of Missouri. KCU 88.1 FM and the sports department are no exception. As a result, we've decided to cancel all remaining sports broadcasts for the remainder of the 2020 spring semester. It has been an incredible honor to be the sports director of this fantastic station. When I was elected last March, I set out with a goal to diversify and grow our staff, to personalize and converge all our on-air content, and make a personal impact on the lives of Mizzou students pursuing a career in the vibrant field of sports journalism. Now, in the year 2020, that journey has come to an abrupt end. It's not the ending that myself or any other of the six graduating seniors wanted, but it's the clear right decision given the circumstances. And if you're like me, you believe that this situation was never in her control anyway. It is hard to say goodbye, but I can't help but feel extremely thankful. KCU is a safe space for students to learn, grow, socialize, and get your proverbial toes in the water and an industry that many dream of the opportunity to jump headfirst into as young children. Without KCU, I wouldn't have learned anything about radio or radio production. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to determine my future career in the field of live broadcasting. I wouldn't have met friends and many people very different from me without it. Despite the current climate, when things get back to normal, KCUU will indeed return to operation. I'd be remiss if I didn't say thank you to the Mizzou students for your vote of confidence in the recent Mizzou student media referendum. Major thanks are deserved to our general manager, Claire Weingarner, who has done an unbelievable job in her mission to secure permanent funding and stabilize the climate of student media at the university. With your vote of yes, indeed, we will be able to do so in the year 2020 to 2021. Her successor, Sean Day, will do, no doubt do a great job following in her footsteps. Student media is designed to serve you, the student, and it will continue to do so thanks to your vote. I want to take time and thank several people as I sign off. To our sports directors past, Carter Wideal and Josh Neighbors, who provided a great example and gave our department great footing to grow. To our advisor, Becky Deal, who personally helped me get to the 2020 IBS Awards last year, last week, I should say, and who was always willing to work with us and any other student media, no matter what we needed. To my wonderful executive staff and station executive counterparts, specifically Reed McOwen and Nash Walker, thank you for your work to get KCU on the air day in and day out. To my co-hosts of Preferred Walk-Ons, Ben Krakow and Chase Phillips, it's been an honor debating everything in sports with you, especially when we had to be up at 8 a.m. on Wednesdays. Most importantly, I'd like to take time to thank my family and friends who constantly tune in to hear sports talk they're not even remotely interested in in a vacuum, otherwise, just to support me. To my fiance Sarah, and her mom, Michelle, I thank you for taking an interest in sports for an hour at a time just to support me. To my grandmother, Edith, thank you for your help in providing the opportunities to be here at school. And lastly, but most importantly, to my dad, my number one supporter, the absolute biggest proponent of 10 Cent Beer Night coming on this show, and a listener no matter what the content, no matter what the score, no matter what time the broadcast, no matter whom the opponent, I thank you. No one can say for certain, but we can be confident that indeed the sun will rise on a day where Mizzou's campus will resume in-person classes, and sports will get right back to normal with them. And as we look into the future... In this uncertain time, that's what it's all about. There is a brighter future for KCUU.
When Mizzou sports return to the field, diamond, and court, you can rest assured that KCU will be there. And as for me, this is not a goodbye. I will still be around. I'm available to my staff for any critique, guidance, and a letter of recommendation. I cannot wait to see you grow as your journalist. But for now, and as always, thank you for tuning in. I say stay healthy and God bless. Signing off for the last time, this has been one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. I'm Garrett Jones. <laughs>